Okay, I'm ready. You guys ready? Cool. Let's rock and roll. Hey, I'm Andrew. This is the Bearded Friend Podcast, and thanks for joining me on this episode. In this week's episode, I speak to Ross from Black Harbor Blues. We talk about him opening for Dan Petlansky, we talk about the band, the upcoming gigs, and talk about music in general. So, as you can see, this week I have a guest. Thank goodness. Right, so, thanks for listening to the last episode. I actually, funny enough, got quite a few uh, downloads there, so I'm quite happy with that. Thanks very much uh, for indulging me without a guest. But this week, definitely, I have a guest for you. And um, you will see that um, it's a very long one. But don't be put off. It's very interesting. Uh, So, sit back and enjoy uh, the length will probably, hopefully, make up for last week's short episode. So I'm not going to talk too much. I'm just going to drop straight into it. Here's Ross. Even I've had this um, idea in the works uh, about a, a certain kind of interview or maybe like a blog that I'd like to do with yes. bands and artists specifically, you know? Yes. The reason is because, like, there's a lot of, um, there is support in South African music. But I don't, I don't feel like South Africans have like a heavy live culture, you know. Yes. It, that could be because like Joburg, for example, is really sparse. If you think about it in terms of demographics, like there's a venue here, but then there's another venue like 40 k's away, but it's still Joburg. If yes. you know what I'm saying. So although there's a lot, it's quite spread out, and um, I think in turn uh, there's like I hear often like complaints about. People don't go to shows, and especially like in younger bands and whatever. The the top guys have got all the support, you know. They put in the graft or whatever the case is, but where the, the point that I'm coming to is like, I'd like to be able to draw people together in a much more like a community sense. You know what I mean? Yes. So these kinds of things, like having 10 different guys doing the same thing um, with podcasts, with music, with whatever... I think actually adds a lot of value because now you have something to choose from, you get inspired, you know, there's something happening as opposed to like just one thing, just one thing, just one thing and not feeling that sense of like a massive network of stuff happening, which is I think a better kind of approach. Like you want to know what's going on all the way over in like Alberton, you know, what are the Oaks doing there? What venues are happening there and how do you do that? Like, you just talk to people and you find out and you find out how those networks all, yeah. all work, you know? Mm. So, and again, it would be about asking questions that are, uh, like maybe coming up with things that are a bit weird, you know, strange. Mm. like uh, um, Unusual stuff. Unusual, yeah. What those exact questions are right now, I'm not sure, you know, because you, you always come up to the same like sort of avenues and I'm, yeah, I'd we were like talking to, about it earlier. Yeah. About the same questions and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. So you'd like to just try to do something like left of center or right of center, whatever, right. you know? <laughs> yeah, which, 
Yeah, whichever side you fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. And, you know, like now you've preempted it. Now I'm going to ask one of those generic. Yeah, no, they're, they're important though. Yeah. Well, I suppose explain to me again how you um, happened to open for Dan. Yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, oh, massive fan. Obviously, uh, was I guess the first premise, but I'm working uh, in the Tom store, which is in the same centre as the Barnyard Ravonia. Mm. So I went in to get a char, and uh, I saw Yaku, who stands tour manager slash engineer, um, and I know him from we're acquainted, you know, from being in the music industry. life, yeah. And he said, uh, Dan's manager's going to be a letter. So I'm like, oh, great. I, obviously, I'm playing blues music, you know, similar sort of vibes. And he's, a, like I said, it's a inspiration and everything. And uh, so long story short, I had I had a meeting with uh, Dan's manager. That's uh, Franny Kotza, who's he's done like Springbok New Girls and everybody, you know. Yes. He's quite a legend in his own way. And um, yeah, I went over to his... To his place and we had a chat and um, nothing business-like or anything just had a mm. had a talk you know and um, what the what were the kind of things that you were talking about um, we spoke a lot about music you know we spoke about what he's up to what Dan is up to um, a lot about what I'm up to but nothing directly business orientated yeah. you know mostly just like sort of getting to Feeling know each out, other yeah 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 and then um i got so do you think so do you think he's got like sort of because dan often has artists new artists opening for him which i which i actually respect mm. because and do you think do you think his manager's got the mandate and he has the little chat with everyone and says okay and fills out if it's going to be a fit do you think I think it's probably a part of, of the whole music business. I think that would come into play. Um, I always try not to like overlook it because I'm always looking for um, my own uh, my own sort of path, you know? Yes. And it went as far as going like, I'm a massive fan and playing a show with Mr. Petlansky was going to be like, yes. I'll just be honest, like a dream, you know? Mm. I'll just put it out there just as it is. I'm trying to sound cool, but... I can't, man. I can't water down anymore. Just like. Were you nervous? Yeah, dude. But I mean, are yeah. you always nervous when you? Yeah, like, I am actually nervous. Were you particularly nervous about <clears> that? <throat> I am nervous. Like, I could play at a pub or I could play on like a massive stage. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like. But I th- do you think all the all the artists have that same thing? Yeah, before I they go on, there's that. I reckon a lot of adrenaline. Like some guys just like deal with it maybe better. Um, soon as I step on and start, it goes away, like immediately, it becomes like more of adrenaline then. But beforehand, I'm like, going to almost like a state of panic. And I know that if I'm not panicking, something's wrong. I, like when I start getting into panic mode, in a weird way, I'm like, okay, it's gonna be fine. Cause I'm like, I'm getting into the zone now, you know, that like, yeah, that angst and that turns into like that hard push, you know, when you go on and you just like zone out. When you think too much and you play music, I, I think you like detach yourself from like how things feel, what the room feels like, you know. Yeah. And you 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 can sort of maneuver it like the really top guys like know how to just set the tone from the start. I think also their careers and their like um, their their I want to say fame. It's not really the right word. Like their charisma 
um, maybe has, has, has helped them along already, if you understand what I mean. Like, when you go and you're going to watch a band, you already know why, why you're going. You might be going because a friend said to you, oh, I heard about this band, let's go and check it out. Then you're in another realm. But if you're going because uh, you want to see blues or because you've seen the band already or whatever, the band's like sort of half of the job is like kind yeah, of exactly, done. They're not yeah. going to have to convince you that much. Um, they're already there at the end mm. of the day. And then it's just your job to make sure you do everything in your power to make them have the best time possible Experience, you know yeah. what i mean because yeah. it's a two-way flow like and that's that's i think what's like you get artists that can go into a room and just like turn it from the first track you know and then these other guys are like i like to sort of wangle a little bit see how it feels and and kind of gauge it you know um but it's when you're sitting in front of like a sold out theater of the Bolanskis, the <laughs> yeah like everyone's you know, there fans yeah like when I yeah. walked on the stage, I just heard like, yeah, big clap. And I'm like, uh, thanks, guys. But it's not Dan yet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I sat down. And then it but went so like, did Dan intro you? No, no, no. Before. I just like, I just walked on. Boots clucking. Uh, yes. the, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like dead drop. quiet. Yeah, and heard this big applause. Wasn't sure if it was for me or if there was mis- if I was mistaken for, for Dan. Either way, fuck it. Were you wearing the beanie? No, no, never, okay. dude. Suit. Okay. Oh, well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time, mm. you know, yes. suit jacket. Awesome. Keep it slick. I think it's it's just because um, it's like it's a part of the of the blues like culture. That's essentially yeah. what we what we've been trying to do with our mm. sound. Okay. Is keep so we've rebellious by nature. Like I can't stick to a straight a straight line. I'm always going to mess with it. But it's not messing with it in the sense that. You're trying to break out of it. It's just messing with it a little bit in the in the sense that I feel like blues culture is very conservative, too conservative, and not pushing forward enough. There's artists, in South Africa, yeah, or in well, worldwide, worldwide. To, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's tricky as a South African blues artist to really determine what those um, where who those people are that are pushing the boundaries or not because of the fact that we like. We quite um, uh, like dislocated from the world, you know, or from the blues world. Yeah, as South South Africans. Yeah. yeah. Um, At least I feel like that. There's not a massive blues culture. Yeah. No, there's not. eh? You know what I mean? But do you think it's growing over the last couple of years, or is it my just? I don't know. I think that if you if you're involved in it, it might feel like it is. But if you're not, like for example, if if somebody asks me where they can watch live blues, like during the week, I won't know. Yeah. I'll yeah. say, my show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> come see me. Yeah, come to my yeah. house. Yeah, I, got, I, was gonna, I was just about to say yeah. that. But so. I mean, that's, a, uh, that's an interesting point because um, I'm always amazed at how many people don't know Dan. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And that blows my mind. Or the Black Cat Bones. Or, or, Black Cat Bones, or yeah. Albert Frost. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, the likes of those people, and then someone will go to a Dan show. They'll happen to be watching, who did he open for? Springsteen. Springsteen, yeah. that's it. I mean, when I spoke to um, people about that concert, and I asked them, so what do you think of the opening act? Half of them told me they had never heard of Dan Petlansky. Now that they've heard him, you know, it's a... Yeah. 
yeah, converted. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's exactly think... the point. Um, so I don't know if it's growing or not. I think our, um, I say our, like it, I think Black Harbor has sort of become centered around myself as a, like the sort of front man. Yeah. But uh, my, my friend, uh, Kevin Hughes and I are like co-founders of the band, you know. Okay. So a lot of the, a lot of the band is based on a blues concept. Which means that first and foremost, it's a blues band. And then it's everything else. A blues rock or a solo thing or whatever the case is, you know. But it's always been about the promotion of blues music. And that's where I think a little bit of rebellion comes in. Because it's like, um, I want to just push it a bit further than just trying to sound like the old guys that have already done that. It's sort of like going, thanks for this. This is our interpretation on this is how we want to get it forward you know get it growing get it moving um for example like uh gary clark jr from the states mm. eric clapton said he's like the most important artist in blues for like the last uh, maybe a misquote but like 20 or 30 years which is a huge thing mm. to say and if you listen to his albums it's not a straight down the middle blues. There are those elements. There are those tunes. But there's like elements of soul and like hard rock and like even hip hop, which is important because it means that it's a, it's like a blues genre that's starting to be able to appeal to different markets or people that like maybe have forgotten about it or haven't even heard of it. Um, we did, we signed to this distribution company called CCA and, um, a lot of the market that they approaching uh, hasn't heard what we do. It's like because it's a lot of youngsters like throughout SA and Africa, they don't actually know what blues is yet, you know? And that's really inspiring for me because it's like there's a whole lot of people that haven't heard this yet. That's really cool. You just yeah. think about blues as like this old, <laughs> you know, yeah, oh, yeah, my, my dad listened, you know, my dad listens to like some blues or whatever. <laughs> and it, it needs like somebody to grab that style and like just start burning it up again, you know? Yeah. And absolutely. getting it involved and, and, you know, in like people's lives and in that really like passionate fire way. That's, yeah. That's sort of what I'm trying to do. Or well, I hope I do. You know? Yeah, well, I think you're getting it right. Yeah, I hope so. It's, it's an ongoing process as well because we've already been doing this for like three years. I've also been playing music semi-professionally or professionally for like six years okay so i don't although i'm only 26 i don't feel like a youngster in the in the in industry because I've, yeah. I've been around and i know people and you know we've we've been playing shows i mean i started playing at clubs and stuff when i was like 18 so it's not like i started doing this three years ago and yet i'm when I do these kind of meetings and interviews and stuff, it's like, oh, this new band, mm. these new guys. Yeah. I'm like, dudes, we've, we've been here, you know, we've been working at it um, for a long time. For a long time, You know, time, we've yeah. played in all sorts of different bands. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, like, Kevin and I used to play in this uh, hard rock band called Them Bandits, which was like a rock band that had a blues, like, undertone. Yeah, sure. And I think that's where it's, now we're sort of doing the other way around. Mm. Yeah. It's like a blues band with like but a, a grungy rock, rock sort yeah. of undertone, you know. Um, so how many transformations have you been through 
over the last couple of years? I mean, in terms of... I've been through like three major ones, stylistically. Um, From then Bandits to another band that I started called Fever Dogs, which was kind of like an Alice in Chains kind of vibe. I'm a grunge... Grungehead, yes. like to the core, man. That's like Paul James, Soundgarden. Oh, Soundgarden is my favorite band of all time. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's that's like my. I don't think I've stopped listening to Soundgarden like since I discovered them, like mm. when I was a kid. Yeah, it's just always been that constant <clears throat> thing. Um, so yeah, then I went from Fever Dogs to Black Harbor, uh, and that's even that's sort of changed in the last like two, three years. It's it's morphed into different sort of avenues. Mm. If you see us like <clears throat> at a theater, it's gonna be, we go all out with like production and we really wanna tell a story and uh, we pay a lot of respect to like old blues and like more traditional styles and sort of build it. But if you see us at a club, it's, uh, I won't lie, it's a rock show. Yeah. Gets loud and heavy <clears> and sweaty. <throat> and but I think that's also because we but come I think, from... But yeah, I think that's good to be adaptable to the mm. sort of environment that you're in. Because, I mean, a guy or a guy or a band could just have their, okay, this is what we do. You pull in here, we play our stuff, whether you, you like it or you, or you don't, or and, you... We, and we cruise. <clears throat> um, I, think, I think you were talking earlier on about the feeding off it's a two-way street mm. with the audience. Um, I think there's definitely probably the art of being a good musician is um, besides playing well <laughs> is um, is reading that audience and knowing how to how to um, play you know draw yeah, them to adapt to, to so, yeah yeah so I've got a friend who's a guitarist um, he's never he's played in a corporate band and uh, he said to me that that's one thing that he's one skill that he's developed over the years that he's been playing, the twenty years that he's been playing, and I mean he now he's playing he's playing again now with a sort of what you would call a cover band, pub band, mm-hmm. and um, he says that that's one thing that he's learned is to read the the evening and then know what song to play next. They might have their playlist, yeah, but. To know what song to play next to draw the people in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, there's a even with that sort of statement, there's or that idea. Um, there's different ways that you can achieve that. Uh, for example, on Friday I went to watch Ross Learmonth and uh, at Bailey's. So, what did you think of the show? The show was amazing. Yeah, did, amazing, um, man. Did Ross do the whole thing? Please don't film this. Or, or you know what? Um, was a bit lax on that. In in all honesty, they, I say they because it's a lot of the shows is um, is uh, a lot of the feel of the show comes from Denim yeah. as well, who's playing yeah. lead guitar and doing backing vocals. Phenomenal musician. Yeah. Um, and they set like a, a tone, and I think like they're trying to get as far away from the prime circle sort of sound as possible without like. Obviously, everybody knows that he's from Prime Circle, yeah. so you can't de- like detach them that easily. But, for example, the first track they played was Hello, mm. and uh, it had a completely like different feel. It wasn't this like up-tempo, like, sort of pop rock. Mm. It had this like um, much more mellow, like f- really felt sort of approach to it, you know? Um, 
And they kept that that sort of sound or that sort of vibe throughout, even though yeah. you might feel at times like the, that particular venue I could feel was a bit like uneasy, mm-hmm. if I can put it that way. Okay. A lot of like buzz, maybe people expecting like them to just start just busting like, out, rip, like, yeah. you know, let rip. And yeah. it's not that. Yeah. It's a story and it's, and it's a feel. And, and there's like a lot of respect in the way that Ross and Denim handled like that kind of show. Maybe an audience member wouldn't necessarily pick it up, but you. But, but I'm you sitting way it. at the back, because I get there at like eight o'clock, like late, you know. Late. <laughs> and I get a table way at the back, and I, I've always dig being there because you 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 get a you get a gauge. Yeah. You can gauge what the room feels like, <clears> the <throat> energy, you know, and the vibes in the room, and I could feel that like. That sort of that buzz, and I just felt these two guys like, handle it, you know, and that's a different. They might have, they might have like, okay, cool, let's just stop mm. playing some, like, up-tempo. Nah. Didn't happen. Just, like, happen, keep yeah. it, you know, and bring people into, like, what they're doing. And I think that's, that's a difference between, like, um, a musician that can adapt to a musician that, like, is controlling the room. That's another yes. thing. Yeah. Being able to control what the room feels like is a completely different sort of skill set yeah absolutely and i got mad respect you know yeah mad yeah so i'm i'm excited to see what he's going to come back with when he comes back from yeah absolutely because i think i think also the thing is like you say them them moving making a, a a conscious effort to move away from the prime circle sound because i mean because he's the lead singer it's very difficult not to 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 flip that switch it's never going to be off. It's always going to have... Yeah. But if he goes away yeah. and he comes back with this... You recognize it's him, but you don't recognize that it's him from Prime Circle. The, exactly. The songs are different. The sound yeah. is different. You know, um, the approach to songwriting. And uh, I think it's... I'm, I'm keen. I'm interested to see what... You know, what the result is. What the yeah. result is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think also, like, as uh, on a side note, like, uh, musicians go through that all the time. Um, there's like three side projects that are bubbling underneath what I'm doing, but I, you just have to find the right time for them to, you know, come to the, um, fro- yeah, come exactly. to the forefront. Yeah. Come to the forefront. Because yeah. um, every time I think I've got a little gap, Black Harbor just gets hectic again. Yeah. You know, and it's been. Yeah, it's been two years of, of like hectic uh, with the band, which is great. You know, we've done we've done a lot in. I think we've accomplished a lot in the last two years. But always like, you need to break new ground. You know, you need to play like better shows. You need to write better music. Mm. You know, um, you just want to achieve more and do more and give more. You know. But that's great because I mean I'm sure there are some musicians that could be just quite happy to be playing the same stuff over and over again yeah, I mean do you off, find yeah. I mean that whole creative process that you that you talk about I mean does it get you down at, at some stage <coughs> I mean do you get frustrated or yeah the, the creative process is a weird one for me because um, I think for a lot of artists um, I can relate to being able to write from like weird places dark places which you don't want to be in all the time you know 
And uh, so I think in the 60s they used to yeah, take some take, psychedelics, take some drugs and stuff, <laughs> and like get yeah, get yourself there, you know. Um, the 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 like, I mean, I would love to have the luxury to just like, take like a month off mm. and go into those places. Yeah, but the reality is like within busy schedules and everything, you have to learn how to, you basically have to become Jekyll and Hyde like in one day. Yeah. You gotta like do what you gotta do in the day. Mm. Business hat, you know, smiley face, and then at night time or whenever you're in the writing process, you gotta be able to let all those demons out and not consume you. You gotta be able to pull your shit together again and carry on tomorrow, you know? Mm. So it can become like, I think the writing process never stops. I don't think I ever stop the writing process. I think it's there always. Always, yeah. Um, but I've learned how to, or well, I'm learning how to keep it in check because definitely have a, a tendency to to go in there like way, way too deep, you know? And then coming out of those, out of those places can be tricky. The problem is you're not really sure if you're still there. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, and it's not like, I mean, it's, it sounds like really, uh, that's what artists do and you know you have this yeah but it can be it for me at least it's it's become a it's definitely a juggle it's definitely something I have to learn how to control because otherwise it's like it's black or white you know either I'm there completely or I'm not so yeah I mean, you're the kind of guy sort of, you're the kind of guy that would like uh Unless you know that you're going to make significant progress so that you don't start Don't it. even start it. Don't even start it. Yeah. I won't even... If I'm not feeling like I'm going to jump in 100%, I'm not mm. even going to... Yeah. I won't even go there, yeah. you know? So, um, I won't so, even start writing something, like, even just to dawdle mm. if I feel like it's not going to be something I'll complete. Okay. I have to finish it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, I mean, that could be... I mean, that can be a problem... In itself, because I'm I'm very similar that way. Is that often I'll I won't start something unless I know that I can finish it, kind mm, of thing. Mm, mm. Which, yeah, so you end up not just, you end up not taking on. Yeah, because sometimes you just got to take that eighty twenty rule. You know, like yeah, you, know, you have to get eighty percent done. Yeah, put in twenty percent of the effort, get eighty percent of the way, kind of thing. See, yeah. So, uh, I'm, I've what I've what I've started doing is is um trying to allow those little those little sparks to like just come yeah. up quickly like if yeah. I'm if I'm driving or something um, stop, stop on the side of the road quickly no voice what? note <laughs> voice note like find the key in my head like hey Siri then, man yeah like just find the notes and then yeah like just bang out whatever it is you know yeah. and even if yeah, it's cool. the thing is even if it's just uh, ends up being like garbage which it is a lot of the time um it's out of your system as well, and you know that 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 idea is gone. You know, sometimes yeah. I'll wake up, like my girl gets so, you know, like what do you do? Because I like I'll just wake up and I'm like, I have to I have to find a guitar right now because <laughs> there's this thing, you know. And if if I don't like get it down right now, it's going to be gone. Yeah. I'm going to forget this thing. Um, I think it comes. It's like a, a weird phenomenon that happens is often I write a complete song in my head when I sleep. The whole oh, thing. Yeah. Um, and then the the challenge is to remember what it was. What it that's was, always yeah. like, that's always the, the, the big thing. To try to remember what this thing was. Um, and I think the, the conscious process is like, often is trying to find those, 
the things that feel right, you know, yeah. in songs. And it, you can spend like 20 minutes, an hour, five minutes writing like something com that's complete and you're happy with it and it's done. And then there's songs that I've had for like five years that I'm not just, even, that are just there. Yeah. They just never get finished, you know? Well, you never know. I mean, somewhere along the line, something will come and you'll say, hey, but hang on a second, that fits in very nicely with that. And, you know, it becomes, it becomes the song that it's supposed to be. That it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know what I love watching is, um, you know, I love the, the way um, YouTube and all that works now and how the bands interact with their fans. I mean, you know, back in the day, any time you could um, get anything, you would either buy the DVD or go watch the concert. And, you know, in South Africa, we didn't mm. see that many concerts. Mm. So you were always looking for the next Metallica DVD. Yeah, yeah. And what I, what I enjoy the most about, obviously, other than watching the concert, is um, watching behind the scenes. Mm. Now, what I'm really enjoying is bands are now um, letting in on the process that they go through to get a song. So like when Metallica brought out their latest album, you can go watch all the videos for how each song came together. Yeah. I see Avenged Sevenfolds also doing that. Mm, mm. And I mean, it's, I mean, like some of them are like 20, 20 minutes, half an hour long. And you watch how they bring this song, you know, like they start with the demo sort of vibe and they're like, yeah, and then they, and the next minute, you know, they've brought it together as a song. Yeah, and it's like how, 30 minutes They've taken of, a bit out of, of that, and they've taken a bit out of that, and then they've put this in there, mm. and all of a sudden they've got the song, but they've actually packed five ideas together yeah, like into, into 30 one minutes song. or an hour's worth of music, like into four or five yeah. minutes, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the process is always interesting to me as well, like different artists and musicians that have got different processes. I mean, like... Um, talk about Metallica like in that some kind of monster yeah that DVD man and that just like you know a lot of people hated that album St. Anger like I love yeah. it eh? I'll be honest with you Snare yes. Sound and all yeah. I was yeah, like well, I've yeah, always the, been a fan man yeah just, I must admit the drums are a little bit of a thing for me because like you can you can hear a song from, from um, but you hear that what I dig about it so much is it's like so raw yeah and it's like it's just honest you know yeah just, Listen, there are some there are some songs in there that I really, really. Mm. I mean, some kind of monster. The song itself. Mm. Um, there's a track on there called "The Unnamed Feeling. Feeling." You know, like those 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 kind of songs. Like I really, yeah. when I was a teenager, that just was the epitome of like music. So, like, for me, I mean, you know? what is the first Metallica album or song? Master that you of Puppets. To? Master yeah. of Puppets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is my, so cool. My, That's yeah. my best album. Yeah, dude. When I was like twelve years old, my dad gave me some pocket money, like oh, allowance, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I phoned my cousin, who like older cousin, is about seven years older than me, and um, I said to him, because he he was like my musical guide, yeah, you know, because uh, he was listening to like Pantera and all sorts of stuff mm. at the time, and like. I'd go through the CD collection of his and just be like mind blown every day, you know. Um, so I got some, I got some money, and I called him and I'm like, dude, I got some bucks. I'm going to look and listen. What do I buy? And he's like, well, dude, Seether just released a new album yeah. called Disclaimer Two. Yes. So that was like the sec, you know, they did Disclaimer, Disclaimer. which had like 69T on it and yes. like um, uh, gasoline and mm -hmm. all those groups. Uh, like fine again all those great tracks then they did the second part which had like uh, cigarettes and whatever whole bunch yeah. of great tracks so I bought that and it had a DVD with it 
Okay. And then I also bought Master of Puppets. He's like, dude, well, Metallica is great, yeah. you know, and that's always a win. So went to look and listen, and I'd never heard Metallica. I just bought those two CDs and, like, put them into my little radio in my room, and I just stayed there for, like, yes. hours and hours uh. and hours, just, like, absorbing the stuff, you know. Mm. It was just amazing, yeah. So from, from there, it was, when I was a kid, I was into, like, heavy there was a point when I was listening to like really heavy like black metal and stuff yes. like mayhem you know yeah. um, I think that was just maybe like a little bit more in retrospect maybe research mm. if you know what I mean like yeah. how, how how far can this really go like this music's pretty heavy like what is the heaviest music on earth you know what <laughs> I mean like okay this mayhem band is pretty damn pretty heavy, heavy yeah. yeah this is pretty heavy um but it always, I always seem to gravitate towards like the middle ground that I hate to say like 90s or grunge. I hate the term yes. grunge actually. Yeah. Or bands that, you know what I found is that guys that listen to heavy, uh, and this is just anecdotal stuff, but guys that listen to heavy metal bands tend to listen to a lot more other genres mm. than any other person that says, okay, I listen to hip-hop or like only yeah if you know what i mean yeah. you know those those kind of people they only listen to house music they very seldom go but it's just my way out <laughs> just to find why, why i can listen to frank sinatra as well as yeah. uh, metallica here we digress a bit but um yeah tell me about those 90s bands that you were listening to um well the big the big one has always been soundgarden i think it's because of chris cornell yeah, as a vocalist and a yeah. songwriter, um, that sort of there's been a couple of uh, like key uh, artists, you know, musicians that mm. have like I think shaped ninety percent of my musical uh, path. Yeah, Chris Cornell is like way up there, and then some of the heavier artists, but mostly vocalists. The other thing is, I've sort of become known as a guitar player. Mm-hmm. Although guitar is actually like a, my secondary instrument, I'm actually like a singer first. Yes. Well, I can, I've always considered myself like a singer first. Whenever I joined bands, I was always a singer, and then guitar was like I play rhythm, and I was, I was cool with that. Mm. You know, it's only Black Harbor, the trio, where I'm doing yeah, the sorry, stuff do and trying to like stuff, you yeah. get anyway. Um, so like, yeah, Chris Cornell, um, uh, and then. Jonathan Davis from Korn is like a huge mm. influence, like massive, just in terms of like vocal ability and just style, everything. Um, and then a um, couple of like offshoot ones, like I'm a massive Beethoven fan. Oh, really? So yeah. That's awesome. Like massive, yeah. So so that that's obviously a completely different side. Mm. And I think that comes from like... Uh, a massive respect for the ability of those kinds of musicians. I mean, those guys could write music without instruments. Mm. They just write music out of their head and write it all down. Like I can't, I don't have any formal training in that sense with music. Yeah, it's kind of like a reader and that. These guys could just write stuff down and write like masterpiece after masterpiece without actually playing an instrument. Could like just it's hear amazing, it. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just. Like blows your mind. Yeah, that's just a genius mind, yeah. level of of intellect. Like yeah. That's way up there, you know. Um, so I, I think that just to go back to that like sort of 90s sound, it's always um, 
I've always gravitated to that because maybe it just feels at home. Mm. It just feels right. The sort of the the blend of of uh, like all all the influences and whatever that they were listening to. You know, um, Soundgarden is a great example because there's like a sort of '70s rock kind of influence there, but then it's like it's got like a hard rock package. Um, phenomenal songwriting. It's not straight down the middle. Like Nirvana, for example, is a little bit more. Yeah, sure. Like, in a package, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where where Soundgarden is always been like a, like it's like the intellect, grade, version. You of know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The high grade. Yeah. The high grade. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, ach man, and then I got into bands like Tool and a perfect man, circle. When is Tool gonna bring out a new album? You know, when we well, there's one coming now. Well, they apparently well, yeah. they've been saying that for the last like twenty years. Years exactly. Now, um, I mean, so I've got a, I've got a, I've got a friend at work who. Um, we often talk about music and he's what I would call the intellectual when it comes to music. He's reading all the magazines and he knows which bands are bringing out what albums and he's introduced me to a lot of bands. He actually in- introduced me to Dan as well. And um, just to tell you that story quickly, he kept on telling me, because I, you know, I bought a CD of Dan's, cool, no problem, it sounds great, awesome music. He says, no, 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 dude. You gotta go watch this guy play live. Mm. So, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. And the one day I went to go watch him at the barnyard in Cresta, I was like a deer in headlights because I was like, this guy sounds so much better live than he does on the CD, whereas often it's the other way around. Mm, mm. Anyway, I was hooked. So um, he also got me into Tool. Mm. And I mean, like, Tool is like, I don't listen to them often, but like when you're in the mood and you like put on one of those albums, I, pl- I think I play like three albums in in a, you know, in mm. one go. I mean, it's just amazing how you go it's through the journey, this music, yeah, 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 this musical journey. I mean, it's just, and then you have some people that hate tool. Okay, let me not use the word hate. Yeah, it's, like there, it's there, yeah. But like for me, it's just, yeah. You, you talk about the intellectual the high-grade version of a genre of music. I think Tool's definitely... Yeah, up there within, yeah. That, within that sound. I think I've always, um, again, I've always gravitated to like guys that are musicians that are able to very concisely uh, gather like complex ideas in, you know, it's... Um, for example, like the song Black Hole Sun... Yes. Who, knows, who knows what that's about? I mean, yeah. I don't think Chris Cornell knew what that was about. Yeah. But it's like this five-minute package of like just imagery and tone and sound and like stuff that's just done so neatly, you know. Mm. And it's just it's right there. I think that's always what what I've enjoyed about that kind of that kind of feel, you know. Yeah. Like there's there's simple music that can that I dig. I think that's what I like in the simplicity of the blues is like. It's three chords, really, but it's not easy to play, if you understand what I mean. It's, like, yeah. really simple, but it brings on another kind of intellectual um, ability. I don't want to call it intellect. Maybe, like, um, emotion, mm. um, intuition, you know, in being able to feel, like, how something needs to sound, mm. as opposed to, like, knowing academically yeah. what it's going to sound like. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... Um, yeah, that that's like that's like my major musical 
uh, endeavor is to mm. be able to bring those kind of elements. So I mean, together. do you think consciously about that? I mean, you've like you've we've spoken about some of the, the the bands and artists that you enjoy and what you admire about them. I mean, do you sit back and say, okay, well, you're talking about the blues, you want to be a little bit of a rebel? Are you like consciously saying, okay, I want to push it? Mm, I don't think. I, I think that it's just become it's like just, nature, so yeah, it just happens. <laughs> it's built in. I just go like, yeah, ah, no, we'll do it this way. But that's and then cool, in retrospect, I go, mm. oh, yeah, okay, I can see why it's not straight. You know, <laughs> it just it feels like the other thing is I hate copying anything. So the 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 blues is is strange because um, there's a formula, there's a definite formula. Like you can't. You know, or, or a genre, actually. Genres are, are, are sort of definite things. Yeah. That's why you have all these sub-genres. Because as soon as you veer, but it's not that anymore. Mm. You know, you can't, play, you can't play jazz and then say, like, it's death metal. It isn't. Mm. It's jazz. Why? Because yeah. there's a certain formula. formula there's a certain yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the blues is obviously similar. It's just um, a style that I've latched onto for, um, and, you know, a whole lot of reasons. Um, which we can maybe get into if, if we've got time. Yeah, yeah. good. Um, but um, it's, it's about um, taking an idea and then, and then being able to like put it through in a, in a style that I want it to feel like. And I think the blues has always been the backdrop for that. There's two reasons why. The first thing is because Black Harbor was designed first and foremost to be a blues band and to promote blues music. Mm. Um, and it's it's never try to be like self-indulgent and like um, look how cool like we can do this or this it's always just been about the sort of art form could have been opera maybe if we were that way inclined we might have mm. been like doing this opera thing because opera's dying or whatever but it's not it's <laughs> it's blues you know it happens to be blues yeah. because I just latched onto this the sound and that came from um, noticing how much is influenced by the blues. And I think just going back to roots. So earlier I mentioned like I, I would want to see like how heavy metal could get. Yeah. I started to go the other way and see like where does this, where does this come from? You know, why does it sound like it sounds? And I started to discover like a lot of bands that I was listening to and artists had all been influenced by, by artists by who had been influenced, yeah. who had been, and it all comes down to blues, blues at the end yeah. of the day, you know? Yeah. Any like rock based genre of music has got blues roots in it somewhere. Mm. And that like hit home so hard because I was like, if I learn how to do this, I'm going to have the foundation for like what's going on with all these other genres, you know? and any sort of styles, like rock and roll styles. Mm. And um, I think that appreciation is why we are so like uptight about Black Harbor as a blues band. Like, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't want to stray from that because it's, it's almost like a, it's almost like an ode to, it's like a big long poem to like thank the blues for you know, for bringing us all for, this other for music, for just bringing us everything. That, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. that's the core of it. So, um, but having said that, it, it definitely like your own influences and styles are going to come out naturally. Come into that, yeah. Naturally, yeah. 
Yeah. If you don't have like a gruff ass sounding Howlin' Wolf voice, you yeah. know, you're gonna sound like you. <laughs> if you don't sound like him, you're gonna sound like how you sing or whatever, and that will come out, you know. Mm. Um, and I think that's where like our that little bit of '90s vibe is is a uh, is that a, is like an overtone or an undertone of the Black Harbor sound. Yeah. Mm. Well, like I, like you say, I mean, you don't really want to be copying or sounding like someone else and whatever. You want to bring your own sort of unique yeah. feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 normal. That was a point that I wanted to make. Um, just to add to that quickly, is the, that a lot of the blues bands or artists or whatever are like very conservative fans as well listeners to the blues are very conservative like don't mess with stevie ray Vaughan, you know you know yeah you better play stevie ray Vaughan like straight down the middle stevie yeah. you better hit all the notes mm. like nobody can do that bro except yeah. david lansky right? <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah like uh, the only one that could uh, yeah. get close to Jimi hendrix was stevie ray Vaughan. yeah sure sure yeah. so um but having said that it's like you you still you still want to perform the art form, yeah. you know, which is the blues. So you're going to do it in a way that, that feels right, that feels like you're not just copying something. It feels like you're moving it forward and just mm. giving, it a, giving it wheels, you know, just allow it to go further. Yeah. Otherwise, it just becomes, it's just a book in a library that like, just never gets added to, you know. You, you wanted to just keep growing. Yeah. And like, a, like you said, I mean, because a lot of people are not very familiar with blues, and if they are familiar with blues, it would be the traditional blues. There's a lot of scope for you as blues bands. I mean, not only yourselves, but, you know, the other guys, is that there's a lot of scope for you to find your sort of groove in that genre. Yeah, for sure. In South Africa. Yeah, I, I think the genre is massive worldwide. Yes. Goes without saying. Mm. But I think, like you mentioned here, it's maybe not as hip. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it's definitely got an older demographic and that makes sense. Um, without sounding arrogant, I almost feel like it's my duty to bring it to like younger people. Yeah, you know? why not? Why not? Um, and that's 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 sort of where we where we find ourselves with like the club shows and and stuff, which can be tough, you know. Yeah. Um, it's like again, it's like oh, my, but my dad listens to this, you know. Mm. There's a reason why your dad has never stopped listening to this. Yeah, which, there's, yeah, there's a good reason. You know? Yeah. If you start to really get into it, you like you can you can feel those things. Um, it's also a massive like. Another thing about it is like the stories was um, one of the, the main things that started getting me into Robert Johnson wasn't actually, I'll be honest, when I started listening to Robert Johnson's music, it was because research told me that Robert Johnson is like the king. The guys listen to. You know, you've got to listen yeah. to Robert Johnson. And like, I, I hadn't acquired like a taste for it as yet. So I like listened to this music over and over and over and over and it was only much later that I started understanding like the genius behind this um, but essentially what got me interested was like these stories about his life mm. about who he is um, and it's it's like it's all myth which is, what makes it like even more intriguing you know because 
there's only like two actual documented photos of of him like oh, they really? were ever taken wow yeah um and um all this like these forced in it's like he went to the the crossroads and sold his soul to the devil and then he became mm. like this great guitar player you know and he had like this musical prowess that was second to none and he was a womanizer and like he was a rock star man like <laughs> true, you know, true. as far as um being a rock star in the 1920s goes like he was you know but there's there's so much like mystery and you know there's a cool document uh, documentary on netflix okay it's called the devil at the crossroads okay I'll check it check out it yeah, i'll give you like a cool out, yeah. story about it so those those kind of things are also what like really intrigued me i dig history i've always been into that um, history of music or just history just in history general, in general, in general yeah. yeah but obviously that goes in hand with with like the history of music music yeah. and just interested in um well i suppose the history of music is probably one of the best documented <laughs> histories because the histories in the music yeah exactly you know what I mean? yeah, like you look back i mean yeah the history books and you know the winners of the wars wrote the history books yeah and but and the the thing that i find amazing about the ability of music is that it's the only thing that we can still see like in a modern in a in a living sense mm. like if you go visit a castle uh in edinburgh yeah you can't see how people lived then. You can only be, yeah. you know, they can estimate and there's books and whatever. But you can't actually see it. But somebody can take a piece of music that was written in the 1600s and play it. You can actually hear what it sounds like now. Yeah. It's yeah. still relevant. Yes. You know what I mean? It's still... It's still. Uh, it's almost timeless. Yeah? Exactly. Yeah. It's still present, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's like the, the, uh, a massive, like... Uh, interest to me in terms mind of fact. music yeah it's a mind fact yeah <laughs> it's a mind fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it yeah. is a it is yeah. so <laughs> those those stories and um the the history of how this all works it's mm. like it's just i don't know if it comes through in my in my playing <laughs> how does that well let's, i'm really let's interested talk about in the, yeah I'm let's so, talk about the storytelling i think i think that's um just Something that I enjoy is like when you're going in watching someone play, the interaction with the crowd. Okay, so I enjoy the, the intimate kind of venues. Yes, I'll go, if Metallica comes, I'll be the first one in the golden circle. Um, but I enjoy going to a small venue mm. where it's a little bit more intimate. Generally, it's this sort of like unplugged kind of situation and where whoever's playing will take you along their journey like Ross is doing now Dan's done often with his um, I mean he does it in his you know his electric show as well but in his acoustic show he will tell you about where the song came from and you know they were like daddy's old gun you know yeah yeah traveling yeah. somewhere in South Africa and they pull into this petrol station and there's this guy who's probably 90 in the shade and he's got a six-shooter. And he tells them the story mm. about some guys trying to rob him and how he held them off kind of thing. And that's where the song comes from. So, like, now all of a sudden you have a connection with that song. Mm, mm. Take that song, he plays it at some festival or some, you know, and he doesn't tell you the story. Ah, oh, awesome song. 
but the storytelling for me, and that's why I say I love the behind the scenes mm. of. So you get to connect the dots. Yeah, you get to, yeah. and also you 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 create a, a relationship with the artist, and I, sometimes I think that um, a lot of modern artists don't take the time to do that. So like, you know. They don't interact with the crowd. You know, they just come out and they do their thing and they go back in again and that's it. You know, okay, it was a great concert, but there was, you know, there was almost like this virtual barrier between the. I think with like massive shows, it's difficult. It's. I think it is tough. You yeah, know? and that's probably why I enjoy the intimate things because mm. that's where you get it. Mm. But um, but I, mean, I suppose one's doing quite a lot of storytelling in in one's music. I think sometimes like. I mean, if you ask Led Zeppelin where Stay Where Heaven came from, they think they got tired of that question because think, yeah. they didn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but it, it's 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 nice to know a little bit about the story about the song. Well, that's my personal. That's my personal. I think so. The the, the storytelling element um, is a massive part of our live shows. Not every single setting, but uh, like for example, last year we did an acoustic tour like a short tour um, uh, that was based off of that was called the Blue Stories which is exactly that it's based right. on the songs why we chose the songs that we're playing there's also a lot of thought into like the actual music when we are going to play I mean like 60% of our our set is uh, old blue stuff Okay, that's like reinterpreted so it might just be like a thought from one of those songs but it's it's still like paying tribute to, to, those to that song, song yeah. and then we want to dive into why why do yeah. we choose a song and it's not because you want to like indulge in yourself and like tell everybody about how cool you are or mm. what your opinion is it's it's because like you said it creates a connection with somebody that is not always felt if you don't know in the, in the song I mean if you don't yeah. know what the story behind that song is, you know. Um, so I think it's difficult to get that across on like bigger platforms, and that's where the again like where the bands, uh, where the where the bands that do play like the smaller shows and really scale it down can interact with with fans and audiences on a way more intimate intimate Mid level, level than, yeah. than it's possible in like a massive yeah sure. audience you know yeah um and it's it's scary it can be like nerve-wracking you're sitting there with an acoustic guitar and like you know the x right there the x sitting right in yeah. your face you know or the lady sitting right up close and um you wanna you you also have to understand i think that people uh, I've got different like emotions around what you're going to say. Mm. Something might resonate with somebody on a really deep level in on the positive side and or then, on the negative side and it gets negative up and side. leaves the show. You know? <laughs> Have so. you had that happen before? I hope or, not. Uh, yeah, yeah hope not. we've had that actually. Yeah. I've had that with like some of the theater shows actually. Oh really? Yeah. With like conservative guys going mm. and making noise about how... Um, like Black Harbor is not a blues band and it's like noise and it's, it's not traditional and stuff. Yeah. That's, I mean, well, whatever. I suppose, I think in anything that you do, you're going to have that small percentage of people that are not going to 
identify with it. Yeah. But that's fine. It's that's that's, fine. that's cool, you know. That's cool. Um, and I mean, but I mean, how do you how do you take that sort of feedback? I mean, do you do you go back and say, well, oh, first guys, I take it really guys, hard. Guys, we're doing yeah. something wrong. Or do you say, well, nah. okay, you just accept it's a healthy situation where. I, I, I personally, I, I take it personally first, mm. like super sensitive like that, you know. Okay. And then I'm like, I rack my brain about it for a while, but I'll, I'll, I don't think I'll ever respond to it. Yeah. And then like, weigh it up. And I think that's just because of the fact that I'm so passionate about what I'm doing. You know what I mean? So when you get a like, a negative response, like you want to know why. Because it's not been your intention, well, it's not been our intention to like, um, it's, we've definitely decided to piss some people off, but, <laughs> you know, in a, yeah. in a sort of way that you like teaching somebody something in that yeah. sort of way. Yeah. Not in a like sex pistols way or you just want to make a lot of noise and like start some anarchy or whatever. Yeah. It's not been like that. It's... um. I think at the end of the day, like if you're sticking to, if you stick to your guns and you do what you feel like is the right thing for you to do, then you're going to be doing the right thing, and you are going to piss some people off. I think that's good. Yeah. Because, what I start doing afterwards is analyzing what they've said and try to put myself into that situation and see where they're coming from, and hopefully that gives me some insight into like their mind, and overall like improves what I'm doing as a player as a musician, as an artist, you know, I think that objective perspective is the best thing you can do as a musician because you, uh, you want to be able to, to write from different sides. You want to be able to get out different emotions and um, ideas that aren't, it's, it's not a, it's not a one-sided thing, yeah. you know, it's always going to come across it's always going to be presented that way because it's being performed by an individual. But at the end of the day, I think uh, your music and that your art is channeled. I don't really think like artists or musicians actually own that music. That's just, this is where I'm weird about okay. music law and that. Yes. I understand that like I wrote the song, you wrote the song, you drew that picture, you designed that, mm. that house or whatever. But there's a line that's crossed where, like, where's this, like, spiritual coming through? Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, where is it, um, the, like, almost like, like, a document that you can, like, sign off? Yeah. This, it's, this is the grounds that are, like, a bit blurred, you know? Yeah. Like I said, with, like, music licensing and everything. I'm digressing a little bit, but... No. The, well... The point, yeah, the point that I was trying to make is that it's going to come through a personal... Um, entity, i.e., me, mm. or whoever you're watching. Yeah. And either you're gonna like it or you're not, or either you're gonna be convinced to like it or you're not, or you're gonna yeah. warm up to it, or you're not. Mm. Um, or maybe you'll start disliking it because you go to the Black Harbor show too much and you're like, <laughs> so I've had enough of these acts. Eh? <laughs> so it could yeah. go either way, but yeah, at the end of the day, like you, that's that's again where like. Uh, that interpretive side, that intuition comes into play. You can play a song note for note, cover, and you'll get less of it. But where you have those open ends, yeah, is where like real magic starts happening because you you start to feed off of like 
the energies and stuff that's happening. Yes. Um, I was reading this article online about guitar players, whether all this stuff is true or not, is, remains to be seen, but apparently guitar players have like a, um, a higher sense of intuition. So they do like brain scans and uh, yeah. whatever. I don't okay. know, scientist things, yeah. you know. And um, they somehow have been able to determine that guitar players can uh, like judge, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, preempt things on a quicker, in, in like a much faster way than like an average okay. person can. Yeah, that's interesting. Because of the nature of the instruments yes. and like improvisation and that. Yeah. So I think that's maybe where um, that magic with the guitar itself is felt like in a live, mm. in a live sense. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. I'm just blabbing on. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. But it's... yeah. Um, uh, so I find. I don't like, think there's any question that I could have asked you that would have got that. No. Out of you. <laughs> <laughs> hey? No. No, no at all. Not, not yeah. even one. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there was a stream of consciousness that just was happening right yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Right there. to this guitar this guitar player thing mm. and possibly with different inf- maybe like different instruments that are improvisation instruments yeah, yeah. would have that same realm yeah. but like guitar has always been that kind of thing pick it up like do you know get on a train with it get mm. on an airplane with it yeah you know but I think I think probably the guitar is probably one of the most universal instruments. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, if someone's walking down the street with a violin or a cello, someone walking down the street with a guitar. It's just got an appeal to it. Because, I mean, you can be anywhere and start playing. You You can can just, in the middle of nowhere, just start playing. The guitar is... Yeah, some of my uh, nerdiness is going to come out. <laughs> so um, I, I stand, I stand corrected on all of these these facts. But <clears throat> from what I can remember, is uh, the guitar was sort of saved by a Spanish tradition, okay, because of the fact that it's not a very loud instrument. Um, in like an orchestral sense, or like a a broader musical sense in terms of writing. Think about like back in the day two, three, four hundred, five hundred years ago when they didn't have like speakers and stuff like yeah. that, electronics. Yeah. All the instruments were acoustic. Yeah. And rooms made a huge difference to yeah. sound. So your loud instruments often be carried themselves to become like solo soloist instruments, like violins and that. Mm. Pianos obviously. Because they're really loud. Yeah. But the guitar as an acoustic instrument isn't. Yeah. So for a long time, it like it took a backseat in terms of musical, um, in terms of its place in music. Yes. But it became a traditional Spanish instrument. So in a lot of ways, like as I understand it, like the Spanish sort of saved the instrument, mm. and from there, it, like it travelled into like Europe and whatever, like with gypsies, and it went into like the Americas because it could be carried and it could be yeah. played. You yeah. know. So there's this interesting thing about the guitar as a like a very personal thing that you can you can do it with violins as well. Mm. But there's a certain way that the guitar is structured that makes it so interesting. Um, like a piano, you can play a harmony and an accompaniment on a guitar. Yeah. 
where you can't really get that same feel out of out of a violin, violin or a cello. Yeah. You know, you can do it on a piano. Yeah. But you've never seen a gypsy carting a piano, a piano on, his on back. the back. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you have with guitar, and I mean, like, <clears throat> if you think about like 1920s, 1930s Paris, like gypsy jazz music, like Django Reinhardt and stuff. That's all guitar music, and that's because those instruments. Um, became like a part of the culture of what they're doing, what people were doing, what people were playing, what they were, you know, what sort of styles they were developing, whatever. So, um, yeah, I just, like, there's a, there's, there's a very, like, personal connection that, like, the world has with guitars. With guitars yeah. um, and it's sad to see that, like, in the last, like, 20 years, guitar sales worldwide have declined by, like, 30%. Oh, really? or something ridiculous oh. electric guitar specifically yeah um, well, why do you think that is maybe because of electronic music oh, okay yeah um, maybe just because of the instrument becoming like a bit of a an old fashioned thing mm. I don't know but that's a statistic you know um, and it's like maybe it's because we don't have guitar gods anymore you know the Steve Vai's and like yeah. the Jimi Hendrix's and those kind of guys maybe that's what we need or something else that just that just like brings it back, you know, um, to the forefront. Or not even the forefront. It just there's something about it that I don't think will ever go away. I think it's always going to have like a place in music, but it's definitely that its um, its position is has changed. I mean, yeah. like artists come out from the states and come and play here, and then like they don't even have bands come with backtracks mm. yeah exactly like, you, yeah. and the thing is people watching don't know don't even care man oh yeah don't care you're like watch an artist and there's like yeah. 40,000 people yeah. standing and watching this oak like basically do fancy karaoke you know what I mean and yeah. like I've got mad respect for the process that goes into what they do because mm. then you'll find again like session musicians and yeah. there's music being created but it's not music that's that's traveling or it's not that love that feel that's mm. traveling it's like it's a CD yeah you know? playing, I can't like, imagine going to my show of... and then like having the whole set list on a CD and just like standing there and, <laughs> you Singing. know Singing. Yeah. Singing. yeah no ways dude not yeah. even to like 70,000 people yeah I'd be I'd be embarrassed dude I'd rather I'd rather sound worse but actually perform yeah than, than sound like crystal clear golden all the time and like be acting yeah you know like a lot of these artists do um South African artists as well whose no names, names whose names I will not yeah, yeah or yeah we won't even go there I understand the whys being from like a I suppose like a technical musical field yeah in the industry and everything I understand the whys but I think there's a lot of ways around it and I think like just with a bit of extra graft and also understanding from like uh, audiences and that that human beings are human beings if your voice blows and you sing like a bit weird mm. you you're a human being man you've been grafting you know you've been probably singing seven nights a week like mm. you know um, for months at a time you know and then if your voice goes or you get tired, it's human. Like, yeah. you're there performing, miss, you know? Yeah, like, miss a lyric or miss a chord or... Yeah. You know, yeah, it happens. I think, I think people... I think people... You, you'll have those people that would 
would have something to say about that. Yeah, the the, but, the crits. Yeah, you the aren't crits. even like a lot of yeah. these crits are not even like musicians or writers or themselves. You know. Yeah. They're yeah. like they just stand there and judge. And it's. I mean, I remember listening to live live compilations, and then I'd have like. Um, we spoke about Metallica. Like I mm. had this live Metallica CD, and it had a whole bunch of tracks on it from. Um, uh, a tour they did in Paris. Mm-hmm. Could have been a comp- it could have been different shows actually. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But they played all sorts of old school shit. So they played stuff from like, um, Master of Puppets and Rather Lightning or whatever. And what what drew like what always got me about those was the mistakes. Like I I ended up like digging in the mistake parts because yes. like they weren't the same as as the. As the original, as the, the original parts, which are, don't get me wrong, like I always yeah. dig the, the the studio versions like the yeah. most. But there was something about those live things that just felt live, which is amazing. Like that's why you go and see it. It's like this, yeah. this energy and this feel, you know. Guys running around, like you know, um, the way that they put the show on, yeah. you know, um, the fact that it's not going to be the same, you know. Mm. I think there's a beauty in the fact that like I might spend. X amount to go watch a band and see them average and then yeah. tomorrow you go and watch them and you see them like insane, like, yeah, insane and it's yeah. just like it sucks for you but in the greater scheme of things it's like that's just like how life works yeah you know yeah it, there's like a a cool thing to know that you have you you always have those chances and like this amazing thing could like just happen, happen all the time yeah. like in, and that's what live music is supposed to be yeah exactly it's not yeah. I don't think it's supposed to be a straight down the middle of course like Rehearse, bro. Don't rock up to your gig like unprepared or whatever. Yes. That's just unprofessional. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but if you've put in all the all the graft and the effort and, and you're there and you're ready like to do your best work, mm. you make a fuck up so what? Yeah. No, people exactly. will forgive you, bro. Yeah, no, people do, man. People do. And I mean like, you know, when we went to go work to Ross, I mean it was his first was the first night. And you could see he was like a little bit awkward, but nervous. He's in the small venue, mm, mm. and he also like ah oh, missed the words there. And like everyone said, really, we didn't even yeah, notice. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, everyone was like so mesmerized, you know. Just so, by the the feel, yeah, and the sound. Yeah. And so going back to Black Harbor, mm. uh, I mean the gigs that you guys are playing. What sort of? I mean, have you? How do you get your gigs? the particular venues that you enjoy playing in um at the moment what's going on is like a little bit of a i call it a pub hop okay so for for like two years black harbor played in clubs and that like maybe once or twice you know not even i'm not even exaggerating it was like we did a lot of like private stuff corporate stuff i think just because of like the design of the band like the the feel Mm. Um, it's only been the last year that uh, that like rock and roll elements like been itching you know and I've been wanting to put it into clubs you know like we sort of grew up in those environments and learned a lot from the club and the nightlife circuit so venues like uh, railways and the radium that's like my favourite venue dude the radium is so cool so we got that coming up um 
in July, 13th of July is a yeah. Um Couple of festivals, we've got the White Mountain Festival coming up. Um, we've got this 4th of July party happening. Where, where is that gonna be? Uh, we, so that's hosted by the Bonafide Group. Oh, with Joe and them. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, saw them yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's gonna be. Sweet. I'm really, really keen on that, man. Yeah, I'm really is it, keen. Is it gonna be at the Ran- Is it at Randstein? It's at Randstein. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Okay. So these are the kind of shows I'm talking like a bit more like um, loose, like a bit more yeah. informal, a bit louder, mm. you know, a bit more of the rock and roll element coming in. Um, I think just because like that's what we feel like. We need to be doing it at the moment. Yes, um, but I mean we've played and we we're gonna continue to play like all over SA. Next year we're doing Italy. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, so Kevin is in Italy at the moment, <clears throat> setting up shop as it were. Mm. So yeah. So next year I'll be in Italy. Uh, when exactly is on the and for how long? Yeah. Uh, it's just because of the, the planning and everything around it. Mm. It's taking a bit of time. Um, also still relatively new to like the touring side of things, although I've toured SA like relatively extensively. Um, I've yet to tour, you know, like internationally, like yeah. Europe or whatever. So yeah. the, the, the planning is, yeah. it's tricky, yeah, so. yeah. But really looking forward to that nonetheless. Well, that's great. Um, Man, we got new music. Like this year, we've just put the grind in, um, and there's a lot of stuff that's in in the in the a lot of exciting stuff that's happening. But it's it's all scheduled, you know, yeah, yeah, if yeah. we can call it that. So yeah. um, there's a music video that's just been released. Working on a new one, which will come out. A new EP, a live EP, and an acoustic EP, which are all done. Wow. Awesome. It's just about, just about getting we're gonna get them out when we feel like it's the right it's the right time. Right you know? time, man. that's awesome. We also like we want to give ourselves enough time as artists to build up our fan base and to like I don't want to overload fans with stuff, but I mm. also want to like kind of grow with our fans, you know? Yeah. So like he has this thing that we do now, and when we feel like it's the right time to bring something else out. Mm you know, release that material. Um, the reason why we put all the stuff down initially is because our, our ex-bass player, I say ex, our uh, Italian bass player, Kevin. So our, yeah. so the founding member, Kevin Hughes, has, has moved to Italy. Okay. But he's still running the band with me like from an, like an administrative okay. perspective. So he does like all the arts and mm. like band life is... It's not all like gigs, you know, yes. and rock and roll. It's there's a, there's there's, there's a, the paperwork, you yeah, know. Exactly, so yeah. so him and I run that that sort of side of it, uh, and he's obviously doing that from from abroad, from Italy. Um, hence, like the Italian tour, which is mm. which makes sense. So yeah, it just helps you like to grow the the brand a bit and mm. to to get the band out there. Um, probably it's going to be around July. There's a short run we're planning for like early in the year, mm. which we on the on the cards, which we're on the fence about at the moment. But the one that's that's on the cards is in July. We're looking at a couple of blues festivals that are based in Italy. So that's so 2020. That's 2020. 2020 yeah. yeah. Um, so we've had like some provisional bookings and stuff. So again, it's just about 
securing all these things and convincing Oaks because we seem to be good. Yeah, we seem to be from South Africa. (laughs) We seem to be pretty good at it though so far. Yeah, to try to get guys to take chances with us. Mm. Um, Oh, there's a secret show that we're doing, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Fuck, I really want to talk about it now. It's um, to give you a hint. It's like this cool bar. Let's call it that in in Rosebank. Okay. Yeah, that's gonna no be. No names mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so really, how so how's the the secret thing supposed to play out? How so, are people gonna find out about it? Timing and all that. Yeah, so as soon as it's as soon as it's like. How are you re- going to? The first the first one will be like you know the cat's out of the bag now kind of thing. But um, well, no one knows where it's gonna be, when it's gonna be. Yeah, so as, it's not as really yet, out yeah, the bag. So it just you just made people a little bit interested in, to yeah. find out what's going on. Um, so it's a, if you can just imagine, like we talk about this intimate thing, mm. just imagine like venue capacity is like 50 people. Awesome. You know? Mm. Um, really great bar, like low key, sort of like dark kind of interior atmosphere, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, super rad. Um, and then obviously with yours truly and the band hosting the, the sort of, the feel you know yeah so yeah i'm really looking forward to that um that's probably going to be like end of august uh there's a couple of logistical things that we're sorting out Mm -hmm. um so we're gonna we're gonna do like a mock-up show actually so this is cool yeah 9th of july we are playing at this bar in rosebank so whoever is like around and you think some knows knows what i'm talking about should pull through to the spa yeah very so small don't, bar fancy people, bar people don't know which nobody what knows the bar yet. is nobody knows yet they basically got to find it yeah and if they find it they find it if, if you they find don't, it then you know where it is rock and roll awesome. for you you can jam yeah. with us um the reason is because it's so tiny and it's yes. so cool and yeah. we don't want to have like it's it's gonna lose the feel if we have like hundreds of people trying to come to the mm. event yeah um because the venue can't even, I mean, besides that, like the venue can't even take. Yeah. It takes like probably 50, 60 people, like tops. Yeah. And the whole thing is about the experience. Mm. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's going cool. Awesome. We're doing like a mock-up show there. But you see, I think I think that's nice to be able to mix things up a mm, bit. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So Get people a little bit interested. Yeah. Hook them a bit. I'm very, create a bit of um, yeah, I'm very vibe keen on there. That one. Yeah, that's that's going to awesome. be very cool. Awesome. So we're going to perform, but we're not going to tell anybody for yes. the first one. Yeah. Thereafter, like we'll see how it goes. Mm. But the first one, we just we're playing. Mm-hmm. Nobody will know if you happen to be there. there yeah. Um, I think it's like a Tuesday, which is mm-hmm. it's going to be cool. Interesting to see how it, how it feels. And I think we're the first time that they've ever had live music. Something before. like that. Yeah. They've never had a. Yeah. a band or anything there before yeah so yeah I went for a meeting with them a couple of okay spoke about this idea and both like the synchronicity was mad like, that's awesome like, let's but it's nice when something like that happens oh man right? it just feels right eh? yeah the whole look and feel and the vibe and like I think people that are there are just gonna dig it a lot yeah Whether especially you the people or not, you know? that don't even know that it's gonna happen and mm. just happen to be there mm. just mm. for whatever other mm. reason and just oh. yeah that's going to be very cool so that's yeah. sort of what's happening from now and then we've got 
we've got like a short tour in September, mm-hmm. uh, like a KZN tour. Starts in Pretoria though. First, the first day is at Legong. We're doing a stripped down acoustic blues, like with the band though. Cat, Cat, Voodoo Volmont on sax will be joining us. Nice. Yeah. That's at a great venue, um, Legom Cafe in Pretoria. I don't know if you've been there before. No, theater. Oh, it's mm. like it's what they call a theater bistro. Mm. Great acoustics, like great atmosphere, just a great feel. Um, and then, yeah, so we'll be playing. We'll play like our uh, our bluesy, our like more straight blues set, but with like nice drums, nice bass, acoustic, acoustic guitars. Like I said, the, the sound in there is awesome, so nice experience. Also small. I think yeah. like capacity is like 80 people. Mm. Um, so that event is actually going to go up soon. So people will be able to get tickets and stuff for that soon. Uh, and then, yeah, the next day we'll be at White Mountain in Drakensberg. And then we're doing two shows in Durban, which I've forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> but they're there somewhere. Yeah, they're somewhere. Uh, uh, Derbs, the Saturday, the Sunday. And then we, yeah, we back up. Mm. Do you enjoy touring like that? I like or the shorter it, ones, eh? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like the, the sort of more extensive tours are, are quite rough. Yeah. Anybody but I mean, do you find like, now you play in Joburg often. Mm. And you get almost like used to the sort of South African crowd. Yeah, and you, you can, I think you can I like... Mean, do you, are you excited about the fact you're going to go down to Durban? Oh, I love get it, a different, I love it. Different... I love to meet people from like different. Uh, there's there's a weird, there's a weird thing that happens when you travel and you get into like this, this uh, mindset, you know, where you're like, people, I don't know, things just change. The way yeah. you the way you play and the way you're feeling and that is different because you like you're a bit out of a comfort zone. Mm. You're doing, you know, you're on different a different venue, path. Yeah, exactly. Different crowd. Exactly. Um, so I love it. I love. Um, I love KZN. I feel like people there are so responsive. It's just got, it's just got a great, so like, welcoming because, vibe. It's, it's, but it's beautiful. so weird because the concerts don't, you know, like the big concerts don't play there anymore. Mm, mm. They only do Joe Big in Cape Town. I don't understand. That's so it. weird. Eh? Yeah. yeah. I don't know the, the ins and outs behind the that. The psychology yeah. behind that. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that, in particular, that White Mountain Festival in the Drakensberg is just mad. So, Such a great fest. So that's in September. That's September. Starting yeah. to get a little bit warmer. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the dragons big must fucking cold at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. At nighttime there it's still cold. We we jammed there yeah. last year. And it was pretty chilly at night, but mm. it's great. It's a great fest. Um it's a listening festival, you know? Okay. Which is what I dig about it. People are there to they're there to listen to music. Yeah. South Africans are weird because I feel like we have a drinking culture first. Yes. And then like a listening culture second. Mm. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Like and then the, everyone's, there's and then, this hum, and, and then, then there's we'll, a couple of guys yeah. in the corner there hitting yeah. some instruments. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like that's... It's almost like a respect thing, Ham. You know, I was in, um, I was in Toronto November last year, and I've got, got a mate in Toronto. He's a drummer in a band there. And his fiance was singing like, not in an open mic, but she was singing at a pub, mm. a bar, uh, downtown Toronto. And um, 
he we went and we had dinner first and then he said come let's go um support his fiance there and it was basically it was hosted by a local radio station and it was i don't know about four artists and the the deal was that they had to i think they had to play one cover and two original songs all acoustic mm -hmm. so in a pub what's this size pretty small pub and the guy said from the beginning, listen, guys, these artists are here. They're here to tell you a story, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Please respect it. You won't believe it, dude. We're in there. We're all there. 80% of the people sitting there intentively watching, listening. It's one group of people chatting away there, beating it up. Mm. Eventually, the guy, the, the, the radio station DJ, Asked him to leave. So it's not only here in South Africa, mm. but I think it is definitely a respect thing. Yeah, yeah just appreciating like what's yeah. happening, you know, mm. as an art form, whatever. Like, um, if you're gonna if you're gonna be at a fest, if you're gonna if you're gonna be watching a band or watching a movie at the cinema, yeah. You know, like, I think you owe it to yourself, like, to be a part of what the thing that's happening, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I, may be, I may be being a little bit, like, um, derogatory, you know? Like, South Africans only like to drink or whatever. I'm not really saying that. What I'm saying is that I, I definitely feel like there's a, like you said, a sense of respect that, like, maybe lacks it's a, bit a little you, bit, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's not, it's not like it's not there because we see it when like <coughs> massive artists come out. Maybe that's just, I don't know, maybe that's just a yeah. different yeah. way that things happen. But like... Um, but I suppose it's, I suppose you'll get those people that are coming to watch you guys play mm. and you'll get the guys that just happen to be there. Just that, are just, that are just there, yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember when we, when we started doing this whole thing and we played like these, these like... Pub Jaws, you know? Yeah. Like, when I was like 20, 19, 20, and we'd like, we had a cover band thing, you yeah. know, and we'd go and make noise in these pubs. And Oaks would just get sourced, eh? <laughs> and like, eventually, like, after a month or two, you're playing, like, you know, sort of get residencies or you play in there, like, every week. You just start scrapping all the ballads, oh, yeah. you know? Because you're like, you just the only ballad you have in there or like ballady vibe is like uh like a hotel california or yeah. something and you leave all the other shit out because like you know the guys want to hear like the up tempo like yeah. let's jump around kind of vibes yeah that's like the pub the pub life you know black yeah. harbor has been lucky um the last couple of years because we we've gotten we've got a nice how do I put this? Like, our fans are nice. If I can just, yeah, put it as simply as that. Um, like supportive, they come out, they watch, you know, they give us that time. Um, and I start to see like repeat fans and start to like actually get to know people, you know, yeah. um, which is cool. Like we might find a couple or some people have come to shows like three in a row, and I. Like I dig that, you know. Yeah. Uh, like that kind of thing is we are, we've been we've been lucky in that 
in that sense. No, um, I suppose it's also beneficial for, so like if you're playing at a venue, like say Calexico is an example, <clears throat> and you've got that fan base, because, you know, the restaurant is bringing you in there, they're paying you some money to um, play there. And yeah, I suppose they want a bit of a return on investment. You want some exposure. So it's a two-way street. Absolutely. But if you come with your fans, your regular fans, you bring them to that venue, plus the venue brings their regulars together, and then it's a... It's, it's, just grows everything yeah, nicely. Exactly, yeah. yeah, And it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be synchronized like that. Yeah. You Which know, I suppose I, it doesn't always work like that. But I, I mean... Yeah. Helps. You know, I, I still play a lot of, like, pub shows and stuff, like, mm. mostly acoustic. The band doesn't really have that sort of um, feel, but, like, um, I play a lot of acoustic shows and that kind of thing, like, on my own. Mm. Like the one that you did at Calexico. Yeah, like the Calexicos yeah. and these kind of things. And yeah. um, the great thing about it always is, like, you, you build in a... You build in a fan base, and like I, I owe a lot of, um, just like uh, gratitude to a lot of venues and like organizers and stuff that have helped me along the way. You know. Yeah. Because um, although you like, you might rock up to a place and like bring nobody. You get lucky sometimes. Like a venue's packed, you bring some mm. people sometimes. You know. Yeah. And it's it just um, it helps. It's like it's helped my career develop in a lot of ways yeah. you know just from I dig people um, I always joke that like I have like a kind of brooding look but mm. um, and then I play like this brooding like blues music <laughs> you know skull rings and tats and yeah. stuff like but I mean I, I dig people I love people you know I like to talk to people and um, I like to hear where they're from never like wanted to be that like mysterious mm. You know, if you want to buy me yeah. a drink at the bar, I'll come sit with you, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean? Cool. Like, I'll come and sit, dude. And I'll, yeah. I'll tell you about my day, you know? Yeah. And I'll listen to yours. Listen to how yours was. Like, it's just, um, musicians are on the ground. Barmen are on the ground. It's mm. like, it's a thing that you do that's very, like, in touch with what's happening on the, on the surface. Yes. You know? And at the end of the day, like, I'm there for, for me, but I'm also there to, like, make that guy who had a shit day or that woman who had a shit week, like, I'm there to hopefully just add a little bit of escape and just, like, get out of your head for a while with whatever I'm playing. And, like, hopefully the music that I'm sharing with you, like, just... Even if it's for an hour that I'm jamming, like, just takes you out of where you're at and just gives you, like, a little bit of time, you know? Mm. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. As long as you buy me a tequila, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep doing it, man. Yeah, that's it. Uh, go back um, to where we started. We, we, there were two things that we spoke about. One was the dress code mm. of Black Harbor or blues bands. Mm, mm. Just, let's, let's just uh, chat about that for a bit because I have noticed like, you know, Gunshot Blue or Pepe and mm. France. I mean, the first time I saw them at Radium, well, the first time I saw them was at Radium. And that was the thing that caught my eye. Yeah. 
okay, you know, it's not the normal black jeans, black top kind of thing. Mm. You know, they're like smartly yeah, there's, dressed there's, men. I yeah, like, okay, that's pretty cool. And I mean, what's your what's your take on that? Um, I mean, are you guys doing the same kind of thing? We do it. We do it in a way. Um, like the the direct answer is yes. Like suit, not necessarily suit and tie, but suit yeah. definitely, or smart at least. And yeah. I think that's because of blues culture. That's where it comes from. Mm. Um, if you check, if you look back at like all the the old school blues guys, like suits, you know, Muddy Waters, Harlem Wolf, those guys are always in suits, you know, yeah. for the performances. Um, the jazz guys as well. Um, classical musicians today you know it's formal it's a formal occasion although what we're doing is not necessarily a formal event I think it's mostly about like a respect for the art form and um, like you don't how do I put it like you wouldn't you don't go to your friend's wedding like in your shorts and your slops mm. unless like that's what they want you know but you dress up and you, you you get dressed because there's like a certain level of respect for like the the situation, you know? Yeah. I think that's where that sort of suit vibe comes from. Mm. Um, and we have people commented on it specifically? Yeah. Or? yeah, yeah, we have had a lot of, it's basically the same kind of question as you're asking now, like, what's with the suit? Mm. You know, yeah. in a nicer way than that. Yeah. But really that's what it's about. And I always give the same answer. It's like, it's just about the respect for like the, the occasion. Um, so it's not it's not a it's not a given it's not every single show yeah some of the more informal ones you know like will dress down a little mm. but always black I don't let my dudes go on the stage without black really. yes. put black on come yeah. there with your grey pants yes. I'll spray paint them black <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's black and that, works I mean, I mean, I, like I know uh Bands and artists don't often like talk about their image because maybe it's something that they feel is uh, like a given because mm. uh, that's just how we do it. There's definitely a reason why. Um, it's because like the experience for the for the audience has got to be an experience as well, and I'm trying to like always synchronize like the look and the sound and the feel because it needs to be it needs to feel right mm. you know like what's the phrase i'm looking for like there's a certain line that we're working on or there's a path that we're walking down you know yeah. and if little elements are not in line then things start to stray yeah you know what i mean so i think as long as you as long as you're there, like, or maybe as a team as well, like, there's a certain vibe. That yeah. You you you're doing something together. You know, you're wearing the same outfit. You like, you're wearing the same. You know, mm. uniform. Yes. Soldiers. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Soccer players. Yeah. Whatever. You know. Some sort you, of camaraderie. You have a that. uniform, you know. Yeah. And that signifies like what you're doing together, like as a team, and um. I'm really, I'm really staunch on that. Like, although Kevin and I like run the whole lot, like we try to involve the guys that jam in the band with us. Um, we are like permanent members, but um, 
I consider myself like the, the, the team leader, you know? Yeah. And I want to make it as like, um, I want to create that like, that sense of um, camaraderie as, as staunchly as I can. Because it goes a long way when everybody's thinking on the same, same wavelength. wavelength yeah. It really goes a long way. So yeah. I think that's more or less what it's about, you know? Just to get onto the same page. Yeah, that's great. Um, so. It's almost like you put your suits on, it's game you're time. You're going to work, bro. Game time, yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't come there like, don't come there pissed, <laughs> you know? Like I'm all for having a draw and everything, yeah. but it's like... You can draw afterwards. We, yeah, we, like, we really take it seriously, you know? People good. are paying like good money to watch our shows, mm. and I can't think of anything worse than, than like disappointing a fan because like I didn't give of my best for them. It's a different story if like you came to a gig and you didn't expect this and you you had a bad whatever you know mm. it happens sometimes. But yeah. for like people that that know the band that are fans, they expect a certain like level of of musicianship, and like I want to. I want well, to surpass that a, every time. Keep it professional. I want to, yeah. but I want to do like better every <clears throat> single time. You know, That's good. every time we play, it's got to be better. Yeah. Um, so even if you've come and you've watched the band five times in a row, every single time must be like that was better. Yeah, was better than the last time. Let's see <laughs> next <cool>. week. <laughs> you know, and no pressure. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that's where the like I'm pretty I'm pretty staunch about it um, as far as like the look and the aesthetic goes. I think it comes across in like our whole package, you know, like the social media and the, mm. um, and it's obviously it's also because of influence. Like the 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 Black Harbor like style is is aesthetically is influenced by like noir, like noir films. Yes. Like a Sin City kind yeah. of comic. Absolutely. Vibe. There's definitely that. That's just because we dig it, you know. Yeah. And it, no, it sort of feels right. Yeah, it feels yeah. right. It's. Um resonates whole, with you yeah. that whole look yeah and I mean the name Black Harbor I mean where did you guys come up with that is there a backstory to that yeah, is, there it, is, is there some mystery in there, or? there there is like I'll give you the the, the breakdown version yeah because there's too many names and like too many people in it like for, for public like yeah uh, but the the long story short is like there was this club in uh, uh, in Wittbank Wittbank um, that was called, that had a similar like name, and there was all these comings and goings at this club, and it was just like stories that these oaks were telling me about this place was just so like bizarre, and it was it was called Steel Harbor. I just thought this name felt like too, uh, just seemed like too good to let go of. Yeah, Steel Harbor. So. <laughs> It's actually kind of a cheesy name, so I went to the guys. I'm like, "We're gonna call the band Steel Harbor," and they were like, mm. "We're gonna call the band Black Harbor." They're like, "Yeah, okay, cool, okay. that's fine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it no, was like, cool. yeah, I was actually, <clears throat> and this all this story like, we're going through my head when I was on the way to play this gig in the Da Vinci Hotel of all places. I was going mm-hmm. up this elevator. Yeah. I like Steel Harbor, Steel Harbor, Steel Harbor. And this is some stories that I heard from this dude. Like amazing. I'll share those with you on a personal capacity at some point. Yeah, like just yeah, that's whack. Cool. These whack that's stories. Cool. Um, so, have you ever played in Vitbunk? No, not as yet. No. Um, well, yes and no. Like, we've done... Uh, 
we've done one or two um like private events like, I think, yeah, yeah. you know like corporate stuff okay but i haven't played like a public show there yeah. yet i think when the time's right we'll be able to travel throughout so like mm. we've played in mp we've done kzn we've done cape town mm. um uh, we've done like we've done like mozambique you know stuff like that yeah. so we've got a we've got it around got it around yeah um it's great to see the country though that's what i dig about tour as well is that you, you find these these gems like in your own country and you see and you're learning about different people from different places you know and that that's also what's cool and then the response from like people in different cities that have never heard of your band before or maybe some have you know mm. um that's always interesting just to see like how it feels to to different like areas you know um when we did uh in march we played at the suncoast barnyard theater in durban okay um and there was we had such great response from people like amazing response um and uh again like that welcoming feeling you know not really like as a new band you know not really knowing like if we even had a fan base there you know but obviously we do we so, do yeah <laughs> and you do now yeah we do now yeah sure yeah. and like a lot of cool compliments um <clears throat> uh, and uh commentary from people um like a lot of people not really knowing what to expect and mm. and being surprised and being surprised and, yeah. and digging the vibe yeah so we had a lot of a lot of cool um i've had a lot of cool elements from from touring and getting around and i, I dig it i like to move around like i said i'm like to talk to people you know? yeah see what's, exactly yeah see what's going on keep your ear to the ground you know <laughs> learn things about cities and about vibes in different places that you get you can only get from individuals you know mm. yeah that's why i'm i'm not a big guy on traveling mm. because you know that whole idea of doing doing a kentucky tour of doing 11 countries in 10 days mm. Well, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, most of the traveling that I've done is for business. And one of the places that I've been to that I that I really enjoy and hope I go back sometime is Angola. Hmm. Luanda, yeah. Man, it's just it's just you know, you get to meet the people. Okay, sometimes you can't speak the language. Yeah, from like I mean, there's so many musicians right on the road because of that. Mm just like stories and like these amazing inspirational um things that you that you pick up yeah from people and from from like history and from buildings and all sorts yeah and that's that's cool you know um i'll be honest though like i wouldn't want to tour all day every day like i'm kind of a home home-based guy yeah um i like I like my things, you know. Yes. <laughs> Your comforts. Yeah, like not, not comfort so much, but I mean like... There's, but I mean there's, like I your like environment. Solid, I like that solidness of okay. being able to work, like, okay. yeah. you know, right and mm. like have all the stuff that I need to, to like accomplish those things and yeah. then take that out. Yeah, sure. That's, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think you can you can disrupt like a lot of those processes if you're on the road like all the time. You have to come in, you're going to, well... 
you have to find a new sort of routine or a new swing to be able mm. to do that yeah on the road you know yeah but like all the writing and all the planning and stuff i do is like it's mostly like Joburg based yeah Joburg is a cool city yeah it's yeah really it's weird. a it's just like there's something about the Joburgness of Joburg that yeah. like gets it gets in deep you know mm. it just sits there i don't know man it's like don't get me wrong there's a lot of there's a lot of grit that we deal with like on a day to day there's a lot of grit in Joburg but yeah i think south africa i think the world has got a lot of grit you know so you just you end up like just trying to see past all that and like find the the beauty and the, everything that's rad in the city yeah and there's a lot you know mm. there's a lot in Joburg yeah and then to end off let's go back to your opening for Dan I mean we spoke about how you felt you walk on mm, mm. stage I mean it went well it I thought the show received. was amazing it's definitely yeah. like one of the highlights of my career um, just in the sense that I'm he's just like been a massive inspiration to me as like a musician and an artist and the thing is to have like a blues artist of that stature like mm. at home you know you yeah. have to travel overseas to to watch this guy like you can watch world class musician right here yeah um that's like amazing for me um i mean like how did you feel after oh man playing was, your set i mean were you on that high yeah i was just I think um, it was less about performing with Dan as it was about performing. You know, yeah. the show was just great, and I had a I had an amazing responsiveness from from the audience, um, like a pretty captive audience as well. It can go like fifty fifty with yeah. opening acts, as you know, because it's yeah. like, ah, oh, when's the main act coming on? I'm mm. gonna sit through like forty five minutes of this of this dude, but yeah. I had so how long like, did you play for? I was supposed to play for like half an hour, but I played yeah. for like 45. <laughs> well <laughs> done. <laughs> but that wasn't, that was just because of uh, like adrenaline, man. Yeah. And just getting involved and um, I just really enjoyed the show. And I think people, I got great response from people afterwards. Awesome, um, man. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I got a call from some dude in like Derbs. And he's like, hey man, um, so he sent me an email actually. Yeah. Um, and then like I like to correspond via telephone, like for mm. gigs and stuff. So he wanted to chat about some show. So mail, call me, phones me. And he's like, uh, so how how much do you and Dan charge for your shows? What do you mean me and Dan? <laughs> like I saw you you like play with Dan, you like two like I played one show with Dan, like you'll have to call him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And his management, I don't know. Yeah. This is the weirdest, like, the weirdest thing. Yeah. Um, how that, like, misconception. Well, it's not a bad association. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, so I would dig to do more shows with them. Yeah. Um, if, the, if the vibes are right. And if the right, um, if the right opportunities present themselves, mm. you know. Um, but, yeah, I think it's definitely, for me, it's like a step in the right in the right route because I, f I feel like the the correct audiences are watching yeah yeah, yeah. are watching Black Harbor and it's that's cool mm. that's good 
Absolutely. And you've probably got new fans now. Yeah. Definitely. That, I mean, that's always the thing about um, playing with like a big artist is that, a bit, you know, the, the opportunity that you, that you get to have actual exposure to, yeah. like, to fans and potential fans, you know. Um, but yeah, did you get to interact with them before or after? Yeah, I turned to the band. Keep going. Oh, that's cool, man. I'm, it sounds like things are going going in the right direction. I mean, to play with Dan or play open for Dan. I mean, mm. it's, it's definitely like you say, a step in the right direction. Yeah, and just um, awesome. dude, we've we've signed like this distribution deal, and we've got there's there's things in in things place. Are happening, you know, there's yeah, things in, yeah. that, are, that are happening. Um, that I haven't really seen um, in much supply with like other acts or other um, other projects that I've been involved yeah. in over the last while. Yeah. Yeah. So again, like it feels to a lot of people, it will it will be new. Mm. Um, but to me, it just it feels like maybe finally there's some like breakthrough happening in um, my musical career um, after like. You know, six six years. Six years I've been I've been pushing at this like on a professional level. Mm. So, if you were to um, give any advice to guys that are artists that are in their teens that are looking at you guys and saying, "Well, that's what they want to do," I mean, what's don't do it. At, well, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, bro. Go work at um, go work uh, at some corporate now. No, I think. Um, I think you have to have really strong conviction of what you want to do. Yeah. And that's that's not only for music. I think that just is for whatever it is that you want that to accomplish. That you want to learn. Yeah. You need to have a really strong conviction. And if you're not sure what that is, then just make time. Like, make a, a few minutes in a day to start finding what it is that you want to do. If you want to be a musician, like, you you got to formulate a clear vision of where you want to go. And then you got to actually do shit. Mm. And it starts with little goals, man. Just put down little things. Like if you want to get better at guitar, fucking practice guitar. If you want to get better as a singer, like practice, you know? Yeah. And accomplish those little things. Um, and uh, just, you just Persever. have to keep doing it. It's, it's like, yeah. It sounds like the most cliche, you know, yeah information because you keep hearing this over and over and over but I mean at the end of the day I think that's the only thing that you can do um, to get any sort of career going mm. is just keep doing it you know and listen is anything listen you know when that asshole says that you sound like shit listen to why it doesn't mean that his opinion matters but it's not even going to be constructive you're just going <laughs> to Okay. You're going to be able to... Destructive. Concern. Yeah, you're going to be able to, to um, dissect what you need to take from those things to like build you up as, a, as an artist, you know, and as a musician. I think that's it, man. I yeah. think you just have to keep, keep working at it. Check any of the guys that are doing anything with music anywhere in the world. Yeah. And I suppose with YouTube these days, there's so much out there that you can... There's a lot. You can draw on. And I, I think... Um, for me, at least, I've I've learned how to be very adaptive, you know, to make a career out of this. Mm. And that doesn't mean like you got to be a dancing monkey and just do whatever anybody like says who's hiring you. It means that 
you've got to adapt your own style and ability to like to to suit different environments mm. you know um like i never thought i would just be playing acoustic now it's like something i love doing all the time yeah yeah i just wanted to go guns blazing rock and roll band like all the time you know yeah and um yeah just to be able to get yourself uh into different positions and when you do get them because you will you're going to get opportunities that feel like way bigger than what you are and just yeah. smash it just smash it yeah. just smash it up the park exactly yeah and if you fuck it up well <coughs> you can it's always next time yeah well you can <laughs> sms ross my black album now <laughs> i'll go for a beer with you so <laughs> that's cool thanks ross yeah Thank awesome, you, man. dude. Thank yeah. you so much. Awesome. What a great chat with Ross. Uh, we could have spoken for hours. Anyway, we've decided that we were, we've agreed, actually, that we will do another podcast in the near future. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I uh, hope you guys will tune in for that one. And I hope you guys will tune in for the next guest episode, which will be coming in two weeks' time. Anyway, my friends, that's the end. Catch you next time. <laughs>